Do you like to be the first name of your sex tape? Well, if you like to be the first to listen to podcasts, you might want to check out our Patreon because now we're offering a brand new membership tier called Name of Your Sex Tape. I couldn't help it, guys. I'm sorry. For five pounds a month, you'll get an ad-free version of our weekly episode on a Tuesday, a full day earlier than its usual release. So you can be the very first to talk about how funny our guest was, how quickly you cracked the case, or how badly I answered a question. Plus, you'll get all the benefits of our regular tier, including our live Zoom records, a special shout out on the podcast, and if you really like to hear us talk, we've got an entire back catalog of extra content. Check it out on patreon.com forward slash drunk women solving crime. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Fancy coming along to see Drunk Women Solving Crime live? Ooh, yes please. Why not join us for our monthly London residency at the marvellous Museum of Comedy? We've got monthly shows through to June. Plus, every show is a double header, so you get to see us record not one, but two episodes with two fantastic guests. You can find tickets on our website, drunkwomensolvingcrime.com. Shows are selling out fast, so be quick. Noise. Noise. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. The drunk women will be downing Prosecco at this year's Edinburgh Fringe. You can see them from the 3rd to the 11th of August, inclusive 7.20pm at the Underbelly Bristow Square. Tickets are now on sale at underbellyedinburgh.co.uk. Drunk Women Solving Crime. My name's Taylor Glenn, and I'm a writer and comedian. I'm joined by screenwriter Hannah George. Hello. As well as author and comedian Katie Wilkins. Hello. This is where beer meets breaking and entering, Prosecco meets perjury, and vodka meets vandalism. It's a true crime podcast with a twist of lime. Coming up on Drunk Women Solving Crime. I don't like it. I don't like it either. It's weird because I really like it. (laughs) And I brought some Ferrero Rocher as a present in case they didn't murder me. (laughs) Shit, wait, did Mussolini steal the children? (laughs) (laughs) What I'm saying is, fuck the police. Now it's time for drunk women solving crime. Okay. What a start. Yeah. Okay. We are we are drunk women. Yes. This is a second recording. <laughs> and it is my pleasure to introduce our guest for this episode. It is none other than the QI Elf and host of the Smash Hit podcast, No Such Thing as a Fist. Fist. Mm. <laughs> Good luck pronouncing my surname if you can't pronounce fish. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it is Anna Chizinski. <laughs> Hello, that was actually very good. Yes. It's this combination of sh and sh, isn't it? It's like Chizinski. Oh, um, some people say Chizinski. Like you say, because you're the most important one. Well, I say Tushinsky, Tushinsky. Dan Schreiber, who hosts our podcast, says Chizinski, which is a mispronunciation. Oh, fuck, but... I took Dan Schreiber's <laughs> Never do Dan. that. I Never mean, I love that. you. You guys are great. You guys are great. That was Funny. atrocious. <laughs> it was glorious. I liked it. Yeah. They should make you say it each time. Like, even when he introduces you, like, yeah, I got but, this. like, how insulting is that? That he got bothered to remember. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Let's do this. <laughs> so, obviously, you are used to doing a podcast and being surrounded by people who know a lot of stuff. So, this should be very refreshing. 
just a little <laughs> laid back, <laughs> laid back approach to knowledge and information and facts. <laughs> so, I had a fax machine when I was a kid. <laughs> oh god, it's that level. Okay. It says, no, I mean we try we try to heighten it sometimes i'll put it this way like i i've listened to your most recent episode which i really Mm. enjoyed but i was like what was my main takeaway because oh my gosh listening to no such thing as a fist (laughs) (laughs) you can just it's great like you just top up your fun facts for your next like get together like you know what i know guess what and it's so great but i was like the main thing i remembered was like wow newton called constipation being cheated a shit like that was my favorite being cheated a shit but there was so much else mm-hmm. in the episode, but I'm like, that's what I'm taking is the constipation See, I've actually thing. forgotten that already, <laughs> oh, which is not good because that would have been two weeks ago we did that. <laughs> <laughs> we drink in our podcast as well. Yay! <laughs> it's not which a recipe for remembering. you constipation. I so, <laughs> Anna. Quite the reverse. <laughs> and I knew there was a high probability of mispronouncing your surname, for which I apologize profusely. I didn't no, no. know I'd mispronounced fish. As well, but anything can happen here. Can you kick us off properly by Mm -hmm. telling us, have you ever been the victim of a crime? Well, it was actually really good what happened to me because I think you invited me on this about a month ago and you said, think of a crime you've been a victim of. And I couldn't think of anything. And then in the intervening months, I was robbed. Oh no! But actually quite useful for these purposes. (laughs) I was so relieved as soon as it happened I thought yes I'll have something to say uh, <laughs> it wasn't very exciting I was in a pub in Finsbury Park I won't name it in case it goes out of business but I was actually having a conversation about how I was a bit annoyed that the pub had gone from being it used to be just quite old school and basic and mm. very cheap which okay. is my yeah. main what yeah. draws me to a pub yeah well, so oh, I was, and I didn't even say hello to you guys. Hi, no, Katie. Huh? Yeah, we don't need to. Okay. Whatever. Fuck it. And <laughs> so I was in this pub with my friends, and I was saying it's disappointing that it's kind of tried to gentrify, but hasn't really worked. So okay. it's just like way more expensive. It's a bad atmosphere. Um, yeah. And as I was saying, what a shame it's not you know as scummy as it used to be. Um, someone was going to my bag and taking my wallet. <gasps> no. Uh, which was a pain and I realised when I got on the bus and tried to pay with my card and no. couldn't but there was quite a cool thing happened where so my wallet was gone and I actually don't you know these days you can just kind of cancel your cards and yeah. it's yeah. also I, I wanted to do a bit of detective work because I went online the next day and oh, I could yeah. see they were really obviously really kind of humble robbers they didn't yeah. have like big ideas they went to the news agents opposite and they spent like £15 on one of my cards and £12 on another oh, in the wow. news agents opposite this pub and then I oh cancelled them they didn't even max it out <laughs> Oh, what the hell? At least max out, go wow. to the 30 pounds. Yeah. Dare to dream. <laughs> Dare to dream. You poor people. Um, but then I got this email a couple of days later saying, um, I got your email from something inside a wallet I found in our garden. Oh, wow. Do you want to come get it? Oh, my God. Yeah, quite exciting. So then I replied and I was really effusive and like, my God, thank you so much. You're my savior. This is the best moment of my life. And um, oh, they said there are no, there's nothing left in it, really. Yeah. They've taken right. all the cards out and How stuff. How did they know it was yours? Well, that's a good question. I found out later it was because I had like an Uber receipt in there, which had my email on it. Okay. Oh, my goodness. But at the okay. time I was thinking, that's weird, though. How have they got my details? Yeah. And yeah. then they looked, I don't know. And then. They- and how far away were they from you? Well, the they park. were they were they were like right near Finsbury Park. Okay, they said so. They gave me an address, but the email tone was quite weird. Okay, it was quite like very Ooh. abrupt, and I was really excited <laughs> when I replied, and they just went, "Don't come after nine p.m." <laughs> <laughs> oh like, my god! What is going on? What happens after nine p.m.? <laughs> <laughs> very bizarre they turn into a pumpkin or I don't know burn the witches it's 9pm oh my 
god. We start our sick rituals then. So <laughs> please don't arrive. Um, but then, so I thought that's fine. They sound weird, but I'll go and get it. I and would bring like ten friends with me. Would you? Okay. Would yeah. you be paranoid? <laughs> okay. Giant friends. Because it's in quite a weird like back street in the part of Finsbury Park that they. Anyway, well, I went to see a friend of mine before I went to pick it up. Who and I was picking it up right on the cusp at eight forty-five. I was like. <laughs> If I can get a preview of what's happening at nine, I will. (laughs) So I went to see a friend of mine who's uh, quite an elderly man and a very lonely man. And that equates to, for him, yeah, I know, it is sad, but it does also mean that his head is conspiracy theories. So I told him about this. And by the time I left his house, he had me convinced that it was definitely an axe murderer who was like going to need to chop off all my fingers so they have my fingerprints so they could steal my identity. And then I'd be locked in a cellar, and you know, I was like, "Oh, oh maybe I should, maybe I should do something." So I called my partner and said, "Do you mind if I put you in speakerphone when I go to this house and just have you yeah. in, my, in my breast pocket oh, so you can hear?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Smart, right? I like, I like your sleuthy brain. This I is like good. you. Yeah. Although then he said, "So if you if something does happen, like you scream or something, what should I do?" And there. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. yeah, just, I just want a goodbye. Just, I love you, bye. I'll never forget you. Um, goodbye. Just, yeah, he could just sing you into your death. I think that would be I nice. Put the mortgage in your name. <laughs> Um, so I didn't I didn't think the plan right through to the end but I had them in, in my breast pocket on speakerphone I think that's slick Thank regardless you. of possible tragic outcomes yeah. that's Thank a good you. plan yeah. and at least he gets to hear my last words as well I think it's nice yes. to hear yes. but they were nothing yes. to do with him um, they d- listen probably- to my podcast <laughs> yeah, yeah. there's such a thing as a fish forever or, or fist rename no such thing as a fish no such thing as a fist um, so then I knocked on the door and um, the person who answered was a woman who I would guess was 112 113 oh, about oh, I mean 9pm is like time. the witching yeah. hour but it's, not the burning witching hour it's night night it's night night for her she was about four foot tall and I realised that she probably used the email in her local library exactly and I was like I think like old people they take so long to type an email that's probably why she can't be doing with the niceties the OMG so excited to meet you yeah exactly (laughs) it's taken her an hour to type that one sentence and so she answered and I brought some Ferrero Rocher as a present in case they didn't murder me But I kept it in my bag because I thought, I don't want to turn up with the Rocher and then it's a murderer and they get the chocolates. And they get the free chocolate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's such a nice chocolate. Well, exactly. I'm, I'm, you are I'm not letting that happen. <laughs> but then it's kind of awkward because I, so I got the Rocher Nothing out. says, in case I don't get murdered, like the smooth hazelnut goodness. <laughs> You could advertise for them, I think. Um, they could be our sponsors. Oh, that makes me so happy. <laughs> so great. But could she eat it? I sort you of handed them to her. Them. But it turns out she couldn't chew them. Well, I just, I looked at her and she looked at me and it was an Aww. awkward moment where we Aww. both met, our eyes met and we were like, you can't eat these, can you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just don't know if dentures can handle that level of nut. It's a lot of nut. It's, it's a, a lot, lot of, of its full circle nut. Yeah, it is. Wowzers. So anyway, that's this. So I got you my got wallet your back. wallet with gutted wallet gutted. with your email in it, which is useful for you. Guys, yeah. can I just say right what? now, I'm, there's going to be a lot of listeners right now that are going, we've got a lonely old man. We've got a lonely old woman. Why the fuck did you not get them together? <laughs> oh, well, I have her email address. <gasps> get them together. Oh Should my I God. set it up? Who's yes. the lonely old man? My friend. The lonely old man. Oh, that one. Friend. Sorry. I was like, this is Anna. Oh, <laughs> she's right there. It's actually kind of insulting. I know I didn't do my hair today, but wow. <laughs> what a way to treat our guests. <laughs> no, I thought, I thought you thought that the old lady was the old man. And no, now no, I get it. No, was the one that, that I see. mentioned old man. This is why I don't set people up. <laughs> I'm very confused. That's a great idea. Yeah. I'm gonna do, and they'd have such a good origin story because he could say, "I thought you were an axe murderer." <laughs> first I heard of you. Yeah, a tale as old as time. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Hi, I'm paranoid. Hi, I go to sleep at eight thirty. Let's <laughs> hang out. 
<laughs> made oh, for man. each other. Can't believe how romantic this podcast is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we often ask on this podcast uh, if you had the perpetrator here, so whoever stole that wallet and used it without maxing out the cards, what would you say to them today? I think I would say, guys, the the contactless limit is thirty pounds. <laughs> Do yeah, it. Yeah. Do it. There must have been £30 worth of stuff in that newsagent's. I understand it was probably shit, but get it anyway. And then I would say, I mean, well done, because my bag was right behind me. And I'm, you know, the, to get that hand inside that rucksack right. we put out. But I wouldn't really say, well done, I'm not actually condoning stealing <laughs> stuff. Why not take the whole rucksack? Yeah, that's a good question. Maybe it's harder to conceal. I mean, conceal. that's just... They yeah, they didn't need the whole rucksack. They just wanted the wallet. That's an extra moment that I feel like... I mean, I've never stolen someone's wallet, but I feel like take the whole get thing. The whole, yeah. Be well, quick, get out of there. You won't notice quite as quickly. You won't ah, notice until you're at the oh, bus. right, yeah. right, right. That's okay. a really good point, yeah. I remember okay. I had my card yes, cloned that once. is a good point. Like, so I used a dodgy um, ATM. Mm-hmm. And like a couple of weeks later, I got a call from my bank and they were like... Um, We've got a, a thing on your account that said that you spent like £64 on Waitrose. We don't think this is you, babe. <laughs> Literally, they, they said, like, babe. <laughs> they, but they said, this they isn't you. They should have done. <laughs> I customer service, babes. What's going on? It was so funny, though. I was like, how the fuck? Are they, you okay, hon? They literally called me up and they were like, is this you? And mm-hmm. I was like, I wanted to say yes, but it wasn't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Something claimed my card. Wow. Did it, and your pride didn't make you say, actually, yeah. <laughs> I've got a bit of a pay rise and Waitrose yeah. is my new supermarket. Yeah, motherfuckers, uh, I could shop here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty well for old Helen George. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't and I had to cancel my card immediately. And they gave me the money back as well. Mm-hmm. So it makes me think if I ever do anything sort of like, you know, buy something fancy, I'm going to get a call from my <laughs> thing and I'll be like... That wasn't me. That nice. wasn't me at all. Yeah. Get yeah. the money back. Yeah. Serves them right for not thinking enough of you and yeah. your yeah, classy true. shopping habits. Fucking pretty right. woman, that shit. Yeah. <laughs> now it's time for drunk women solving crime. Hey, guys. Do you want to solve some true crime? Sure do. Yeah, yeah. we do. do it. Okay. This is... Actually, uh, a very well-known case from the U.S. And uh, someone sent it into us on Twitter, and I tried to find the tweet, and I'm so sorry I couldn't. Um, so if it was you, let us know. Thanks for sending this in. It is the case of the missing solder children. And I should let you know that this is a cold case, so we, we actually do need to solve this. No pressure. No oh, pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Just to add a little bit of levity to a missing children case, which is not easy. Every time I would type in solder children, autocorrect would change it to the soccer children. And I just thought, well, that's a very different incident in the US, like the soccer children. And then I had this whole script in my head, like, Vanessa, it's Fran Smith. Have you seen Hunter and Riley? <laughs> I dropped them off at soccer practice and I don't know where they are. I'm afraid they're smoking the pot again. I had a whole I would 100% watch that movie. Would you? (laughs) Also, I feel more confident about solving that one. (laughs) It was definitely the coach. (laughs) Right. So our, oh, this is such an interesting case. I went down such a rabbit hole, different sources, and so many people have talked about it. And strangely enough, it has popped up in the press again recently for some reason. So it's just... Again, okay. no pressure, drunk women. Proper but cold case. It's a proper cold case. And cold means unsolved, yes. right? Yes. Just so I'm not experts like you guys yet. Mate, yeah. you're, the, you're the QI man. You know everything. Mm, QI woman? Come on. There's only one <laughs> of us. So. You know what? In my head, I said woman, but with my voice, I said man. Yeah. The QI person. You abbreviated woman. Um, <laughs> what I meant was you were the genius intellectual in the room. Well, that is true. Yes, Normally it's me, which says a lot. You're the genius. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a low bar. <laughs> yes, it is. Okay. Our case takes us to Fayetteville, West Virginia, 1945. It's Christmas Eve and a family called the Sodders are settling in for a cozy night after opening presents. First question. Presents on Christmas Eve or Christmas morning? 
Christmas morning, motherfuckers. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. a very sort of German, sort of morning. European thing, isn't it, to do mm. Christmas Eve on, like, my friend who is yes. German, she, I remember her family when we were growing up, they would always have it on Christmas Eve. And I was like, have you not got a calendar? What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, what are you doing on Christmas like, Day? Sometimes You're just, yeah. people there. are just like one present on Christmas Eve. Sometimes yeah. people are like all the tree presents on Christmas Eve. Mm. No. It doesn't just call it Christmas Day. If yeah. you're going to yeah. open your presents on Christmas Eve, just move Christmas Day yeah. a day yes. earlier. Yes. Rename it. Yeah. Preach. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the most important question we are going to ask in this case. George and Jenny Sauter lived with nine of their ten children in the house. Their eldest son, Joe, was away. Any ideas where? Wait, what year is it? 1945. Well, oh, the war. Very good. At the very last minute, Which if they war? were American, yeah. yeah. <laughs> very last minute. I'm going, I'm going, mum and dad. I'm just going to, oh, oh, it's over. Okay, thanks, guys. Bye. We, we solved it. Cheers. Thanks a lot. Goodbye. I genuinely am the most intelligent one in this Nailed room. <laughs> Not you now, really, but. You really did. But I did that because I was, wait, I was like, wait, Christmas 1945. I'm like, wait, everything was over by then. So he was oh, yeah. literally kind of. What was he doing? He was just he was lying, writing it around. Like, still going on. Oh. <laughs> Pretty rough there, was, there on the front. I think there was some admin. Like, they had to do some admin. There was a bit of Japanese stuff still happening, I think. So maybe that yeah. was his excuse. But Joe was overseas. Um, that evening, Jenny wakes up to the phone ringing at 12.30 a.m. She answers. She hears a female who asks for a name that Jenny's not familiar with. She also hears glasses clinking and weird laughter in the background. Jenny then checks on her kids, noticing that the lights are on and the curtains are not drawn, which is unusual. I don't like it. I don't like it either. It's weird because I really like it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad that we voted. Uh, Anna, any Uh, like, dislike? I don't, I'm ambivalent, but I do think a crime's about to happen. Yeah, okay. Um, If it's not, it's just a lovely Christmas or something. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's just a happy Christmas story. (laughs) What is weird laughter? Yeah, that's when a good question. La- what is the difference between weird <laughs> laughter? <laughs> that? <laughs> the foghorn. Yeah, I think it's that. I like sinister laugh. Like, <laughs> So what was unusual is that usually the kids knew to turn out the lights, draw the curtains. Um, one of her children, Marion, was actually asleep on the couch, and she assumes that the rest of the children had simply forgotten to turn off the lights before bed. They're excited. It's Christmas Eve. Um, she assumes that they're up in the attic asleep. She's awoken again around 1 a.m. by a loud bang and a rolling noise. She goes back to sleep. Um, can we talk about 1945 parenting versus now? Because I was trying yeah. to put myself in her shoes, which was uncomfortable because I was like, 10 kids, oh my God. Um, <laughs> but like by now, like I would have my husband up. I'd be like, I heard a rolling noise and a bang. I'd have a bowl of cereal just like to comfort eat. Like stuff would be going on. I'd do you think you'd, you'd do the cereal before you went to check on the kids? <laughs> yes. <laughs> cereal first. Just so I was calm. Like I'd sure. need to diffuse the anxiety yeah. with... Totally understandable. Some cornflakes. Yeah. <laughs> Is that calming? Do you put gin on your cornflakes? Oh, I find carbs so calming, but that's a whole different podcast. Okay. It's called Taylor Glenn Comfort Eats. Okay. Um, tune in. What wakes her up next? So she falls back asleep. She falls back asleep because she doesn't hear anything else. She hears this rolling sound and a bang. Uh, or sorry, a loud bang and then a rolling noise. Falls back asleep. What wakes her up next? Is it Santa? <laughs> I'm just desperate to see the positive in all of this. You are right to try and find positives because this feels dark. It does feel mm. dark. Um, I guess, is it another bang? It's not a sound. A, a oh. car engine. Is it dawn? The light of dawn. A cockerel. It's the smell of something. <gasps> oh. Fire. Mm-hmm. Chestnuts roasting on. <laughs> <laughs> Hannah George will do anything to rescue Christmas. <laughs> My kids wake up all the time at night and I'm like, oh, like I should run in and check them. But I do this all the time and then I can't get back to sleep for two hours. And I should just assume they're probably just coughing and it's fine. And now I'm going to be like, OK, I'll definitely run in, even though it means I'll be awake for two hours. I just they're probably fine. They're probably fine. Right. I'm so sorry. Maybe they are fine. That's on me. That's on me. Uh, yeah, maybe they are We don't fine. know yet. She yeah, smells. She smells a, smoke. 
And she checks George's office, her husband's office, and finds there is a fire. Um, This also happens to be where the fuse box and telephone wires are located. So um, George and Jenny escape with some of their children. How many do they make, make it out with? I'm glad that wasn't a number that they decided. We've got some of our two. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. How, how many should we go for? Should we try for try for half? Uh, <laughs> this feels like a game show. Go back in, get that one. Yeah. I think it's not many. Maybe maybe yeah. Should we go half? I think half. Five. Five. Okay. half of ten. I'm gonna right? go six or seven. It's four. Ooh. Oh, for fuck's sake, Jenny and George. They, must, escape, must try harder. they escape with the youngest four. It's Marion, Sylvia, John, and George Jr. The other five uh, were sleeping in the attic and they can't be reached because the staircase is on fire. This is oh. awful. This is horrible. Yes, yeah, it's, it's true crime, guys. Why are you telling us about this? It's a really fascinating case. Just bear with me. Okay. I'm, I'm get with good because I'm switching really channels. Upset. Switching, switching channels, channels to the carb one. <laughs> <laughs> So they try to call for help, but their phone isn't working, so they use a neighbor's phone. Uh, They also try to get the children in the attic from the outside, but they're unable to uh, get to them. Why is this? They can't get a ladder high enough? Mm Mm-hmm. Why not? Because Mm. their neighbors are jerks that don't have ladders? No. uh, The house is 15 stories. It has to do with a ladder. The ladder's been set on fire or stolen. The ladder is missing. <gasps> this is a deliberate wow. job setup. The ladder isn't in its usual spot against the house, so they're unable oh to climb God. up. So desperately, George tries <gasps> to break back into the house. He breaks a window and he cuts himself. He's bleeding badly, but he can't see through the smoke, so he has to get back outside. Oh my God! Oh. Someone tried to kill the four oldest children. No, but it's called the missing sort of children. So they've taken the children and they've <coughs> tried to like surely, like oh. if it's the missing children, you're not missing if you're you'll definitely continue. It's Taylor. just <laughs> the, the time for when people start looking. Ooh. George tries to use both of his trucks. He's he owns two trucks. He tries to drive them against the house and use them to climb up the side wow. into the attic. Okay. This doesn't work. How oh come? My- because it's not high enough. No. Did he put one on top of the other? Is that... <laughs> oh, George. What are you Monster get... truck rally. <laughs> this is no time. This is no time for that. What no. A, what a good dad. I'm so sorry, George. Um, mm-hmm. Why can't he? Yeah, it's not tall enough. Um, no. Nope, truck's gone? He can't even get that far because... Because the fire. Key's gone. Close. Oh, are the tires down? Close. He cannot start the trucks. Oh, he tries one and it won't start. He tries the other one, it won't start. Oh, They've fuck. cut the um, the engine. Oh, God. Wires. Someone's really this fucking done a number on this family. Mm. Fucking hell. Now, the fire department have been called. Uh, what time? So this is about 1, 2 a.m. in the morning. What time do you think the fire department finally show up? 3 a.m. Yeah, three three thirty. Any advances? Oh, oh, it sounds like it's gonna be like four a.m. Five, <clears throat> eight a.m. What do they know about fire and how they- quickly it does? <laughs> <laughs> do it's really- nineteen forty-five. We're not sure about science. Do they hate this family or someone in on this? Well, there are a lot of theories as to why the fire department took a long time. Um, one of the basic things is just that this is a tiny town. Most of them are volunteers. It's Christmas Eve, so oh, not many people are available. Drunk. And a lot of the fire department had been, they were overseas, so they're, they're yeah. you right. know. It's old people and kids and drunk people. Yeah, it's Which true. one of them do you go for? If one of them has to drive a fire engine, <laughs> right. maybe but, the kids. But keep that thought in mind. Kids love fire engines, don't they? Kids love them. Yeah, this exactly. is This is part of the question around this case, though, is how long it took them to get there, and are these excuses enough to justify a seven, six or seven-hour delay mm-hmm. in them showing up? Um, so by this time, the, the house has burned down. Um, it was a timber home. Uh, so when it went up very quickly, and the Sauter family assume that their five children have died in this fire. Oh. The fire department and the state police both conclude the same, saying that it was an electrical fire. Um, detectives. There are several unusual things about the scene uh, which cast suspicion on this theory that it was an electrical fire and that the children died. Um, can you guess some of the theories? 
or sorry, some of the some of the details of the crime scene that would suggest that maybe it wasn't that straightforward. So they're saying it's an electrical fire, and mm-hmm. there's doubt that it was an electrical fire. There's doubt that it was an electrical fire. There's doubt that the children died in the fire. What would an electrical fire so, be caused by then? What lack of bodies? Bingo. Ooh. What would you expect to find in the ashes of the fire? Bodies. Mm-hmm. At, at least bones. You would at, at least yeah. expect to see the bones, but there are no remains. Mm-hmm. Well, there that's are yeah. Absolutely no remains. Kidnapping. Yeah. So it's speculated that the fire department argue, no, they've just been burned to ash. It went on long enough that there's no evidence here. Um, But Jenny notices that there are uh, kitchen appliances that are still intact. And so in her head, she's thinking, how is it possible that the fire was hot enough that it burned it down to ash, but I can still see my toaster? Doesn't make any sense. Um, Go, Jenny. We've got the ladder that had been moved from its spot. It had actually been thrown into a ravine. Oh, wow. Um, and also, what would you expect if there's an electrical fire? Um, like, kind of lightning striking kind of damage. Mm-hmm. You would see damage around the some electrical wires. wiring. Yeah, some melted like wires. Some burning around the plug points and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, also, what do we see around Christmas time? Christmas lights. Christmas lights. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And were they still intact? That's, they a, were, really, that's, a, that's a terrible image. They were still a, on. What? Oh, that's dark. While the fire was so burning. nothing burnt out. Nothing burnt out. And if it had been an electrical fire, you would expect that all a the lights... A big surge that would have mm-hmm. killed everything. You'd expect that the lights wouldn't go up. But they all reported that they stood outside Who's and could see... Who stole these children? Do we have suspects? We do. No, no. Who manufactured these Christmas lights? That's incredible. That's the important <laughs> question. And why don't they exist anymore? Yeah, I have to turn every single little fucker if, like, yeah. if, if one doesn't work. You don't We'd get- like to thank our sponsors, Argos. For- <laughs> yeah. Um wow. So there are another. There are some other crazy details. George's truck not starting, um, and then there are some accounts that just make this story even crazier. It was discovered by a telephone technician later that somebody had actually climbed up the telephone pole and cut the phone line, which what? is why they couldn't use their own phone. Right. Um, someone who was arrested later in the case confessed to cutting the telephone pole, admitting that they'd stolen something nearby, but it had absolutely no connection to the theft. There was no justification as to why he would cut the phone lines, um, but it was written off as, no, somebody confessed to it. Um, Jenny Sauter was so convinced that this theory about the fire was a lie that she started conducting her own experiments. Um, after this happened, she tried to burn animal bones to ash and she was unable to do so. She contacted a crematorium who told her that a two-hour fire at 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit um, would be required to burn bones down to ash. And he said that there's no way that the fire would reach that level for that. Yeah, like I'm, I don't yeah. work so, in a crematorium, but yeah. I'm pretty sure that you have... Someone stole her kids. Right. You guys have decided. That's good to know. 
I feel um, like we've been led down that avenue. But also in a really disturbing <coughs> way, like who steals mm. kids? Pedophiles. It's not going to be a good ending. There's no speculation about that, but bear with me. Okay. There was another account. The driver of a bus that passed through Fayetteville late on Christmas Eve said that he'd seen some people throwing balls of fire, quote unquote, at the house. A few months later, when the snow had melted, uh, Sylvia... The daughter had found a small, hard, dark green rubber ball-like object in the brush nearby. And George, recalling his wife's account of the loud thump on the roof and the rolling sound, said that it looked like a pineapple bomb, a hand grenade, or some other incendiary device used in combat. Um, In 1949, the site of the house fire was excavated. They did find some human vertebrae bones. But an expert who analyzed them said that they could only have come from a human age 16 to 23 and that they had never been exposed to fire. And this is because there's something that happens to the vertebrae that they get fused at a certain age. And the eldest child uh, who is allegedly lost in the fire was 14 years old. So it was speculated that this had come from... um, George, the dad, actually uh, bulldozed the site and made a memorial out of it. So it was speculated that the bones had come from a different area in the soil. And then he just bulldozed them over uh, because this person also said that they hadn't been exposed to fire. Um, in 1967, Jenny, the mother, would also receive a photo in the post of someone resembling her son, Lewis, what? with his name written on the back, as what? well as some other information. Who would do wow. that? And George, the dad, also saw a photo of a schoolgirl in Manhattan who resembled their daughter, Betty. He goes to see her, but the family refused to speak to him. Although, in fairness, like, if a dude shows up in your door and they're like, show me Betty, like, you're not. (laughs) It's hard to know (laughs) exactly what Yeah, what do you do? Make her way from an upstairs window, maybe. But did he, <laughs> did he just give up? I mean, if he thinks his daughter, potentially mm. dead daughter's in there. Yeah. I, what, they said, no, we're not showing you. And he said, oh, okay, fair enough, and went back home? Yeah. This is what's interesting on, about, again, because I went down this rabbit hole of, like, different sources. Let's find out. And it's been spoken about so much. It's sort of finding... Like, the information will just trail off. It's like, but what happened next? Yeah. And some of it, I guess, is remembering the time frame and that there's limited police resources and there's limited, you know, they have no way of sort of looking into this. But also, if someone refuses you, like, what do you do? Yeah. Do you break into their house? I might. I don't know. Yeah. So, you were talking about motive. The Sodders were convinced that this was not, that their children had not died in the fire, that they had been kidnapped. What are the possible motivations for stealing these kids? We don't know much about the Sodders yet, do we? Like a paedophilia. Why would you steal a kid? The only Katie thing... is dead set. <laughs> you uh, the, the pedophile line. I don't want it to be my no, I know. answer, but yeah. what the no, fuck I know. else? Trafficking. Yeah, you, you sort of... I get it. Where does these balls of fire, um, Mm -hmm. which I don't understand what that is, but we think it's a grenade, right? So where have you got that? Is it someone coming from war? Where's the where's that brother at war? He's still he's still out pretending to be at war, even though the war's over. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, you start to question that. Yeah. So here's a little bit about George and Jenny Sauter. They had met in the United States, but they were both Italian immigrants. George had grown up in Sardinia. And he was universally regarded in his town as a very reputable member of the community. He had immigrated with his brother to the U.S. and had quickly found uh, work on the railways and then had started his own business. Uh, But his brother, um, and this is another thing that trailed off. I was like, I need more information about that. His brother went through immigration with him. And then almost immediately after he went through immigration, moved back to Sardinia. What? And we Why? don't know anything else about it. He just wanted that blissful experience of U.S. immigration. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've done this now. <laughs> wanted to take that box. Maybe his brother was like, yeah, I've seen America. It's not so great. Not into I'm it. going back. Yeah. Fair enough. The I think we can all sucks. understand that. Yeah. <laughs> I'd probably turn around. The airport's the best bit. <laughs> um, okay. So there was something about George uh, that put him in possible danger. So can you think of what was going on during the war in Italy uh, that might have affected people's view of, of an George, American? Of an Italian immigrant 
in an Italian community. Well, because Italy US. was on the, you know, Italy wasn't loving America at that stage because they're mm-hmm. on opposite sides. So that's kind of awkward, I suppose. Mm. Different sides of the war. Very um, awkward. So the Americans, what do they think? He's some sort of a fascist. Well, in particular, he spoke against the leader of Italy, who was... I look at Hannah. Come on, Hannah. Mussolini. Yes. So obviously... Mussolini split the country, but it's interesting because George and Jenny were living in an Italian community that were all pro-Mussolini. So he was very outspoken against him. Ooh. Yeah, go ahead, Katie. Katie had a question. Like, I was like, shit, wait, Mussolini steal the children? <laughs> <laughs> he was a bad guy. He was a bad guy. How does yeah. he do it? So busy. He yeah. just wants children? What? Yeah. Well, and then I went down this whole rabbit hole of like, I don't know enough about Mussolini. And I found out that Sardinia in particular was like a key area because he promised, they had been fighting for independence and he promised millions of... Uh, of lira, I want to say lira. It would have been lira, lira. Totally lira. Yeah, which I mean, in the end, they didn't see much of that money because it was all sort of pilfered and corrupt and all of that. But they were promised all of this, so it was kind of like Sardinia were pulled in. Yeah, Um, so people were very hesitant to speak out against him, except for George. so something happened. Wait, so what? wait, so George was speaking out against him, and then his children yeah. got stolen. He had been speaking out against him for years, and then suddenly his children go missing. Uh, but- well, not suddenly, because by this point Mussolini had actually been assassinated. Because he was assassinated in, uh, mm. I think, September of yeah. 1945. And, and then what month is it? Like because- ten days before Hitler kills himself, yeah. Mussolini's assassinated. <laughs> okay, so two months. Before the fire, uh, so this was in October 1945, a traveling life insurance salesman tried to sell George Sauter a policy. When Sauter declined, the salesman told him that his house would go up in smoke. Mm. And your That's children correct. and your children are going to be destroyed. It's mm. uh, a random threat, though. Like, why would you is. assume every daughter-in-law salesman wants to kill your family? Unless there's something else going on. Well, mm. if the door-to-door salesman has specifically said that they are <laughs> yeah. going to kill your family, that is one clue. Still. <laughs> it's a very bold sales tactic, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure they recommend that in sales school. If like, they say no at first, threaten so. to kill the kids. Yeah. Like, ABC, always be closing yeah. slash threaten to kill the kids. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like some health insurance? Oh, no, I'm all set. Well, you're going to get cancer tomorrow. I have a quick question, actually, at this hiatus. When he was all talking, shit-talking Mussolini, then was that when he was in America? Or was that before he went? Okay, so he was saying it from afar. Well, the other thing that emerged is that everyone... How brave is he? Was he shit-talking Mussolini to his face? Mm -hmm. Or was he motherfucking... Well, the one thing that all the townspeople said about George is even though he was regarded as this upstanding citizen, he would never talk about his background. He would never speak about his life in Sardinia. He wouldn't talk about his brother. Um, And he seemed very uncomfortable with this topic when it would come up. What does that mean? What does it mean? Might mean he's scared that Mussolini's going to kill him. That's, to be that's, fair. That's what it means. Or the insurance guy. Like, there was a lot going on for him. Yeah. I Maybe mean, they're the same guy. Like, oh, good. Only four of my kids have died. I'm fine. Maybe the insurance guy was Santa. <laughs> I mean, isn't he an insurance on all of our lives when you think about it? <laughs> Happiness insurance. Yeah. <laughs> so wise. Just no one upset so, Hannah. She really believes in Santa. <laughs> what do you mean believes it? Of course I do. <laughs> Weird. So the month of the fire, um, some of the Sauter children later said that they had noticed two people in a car that would watch them on their way home from school. Oh my god! Like the pre pre, they planned it. Like the people watching the house for ages. Mm. That's so fucked up. So basically, the police and the fire department have buried this, and they've said it was an accident. Oh, Your children died, so but the Sodders are going. What do we do? Mm-hmm. We don't believe this. There's no evidence. Oh. How? What power do we have? And then later, a woman who ran a hotel in Charleston claimed to have seen the children approximately a week afterwards. Uh, her testimony said, I do not remember the exact date, uh, but the children had come in around midnight with two men and two women, all of whom appeared to be of Italian extraction. 
When she attempted to speak with the children, one of the men looked at me in a hostile manner, turned around and began talking rapidly in Italian. Immediately, the whole party stopped talking to me. Wow. Ooh. It was Mussolini. <laughs> was, we're literally saying Mussolini took these kids. Mm. But I, also, I was a waitress and like some people are just dicks like that. You know? <laughs> it's like, no matter what you, hi, what can I get you? And you're like, well, fuck my life. <laughs> and you so, can't assume all of them abducted yeah. kids. I mean, I did. I reported a lot of shit. <laughs> you got fired in the end. You, you can't report all our customers to the police. So what do the Sodders do next? What do you think? Like, what action would you take if this was happening? I mean, I would just start shooting people. <laughs> wow. Well, that is the American way, but... Um, I think maybe you hire some uh, local gangsters to oh. look into it. Oh, you, okay. you gave me a thumbs up then. <laughs> I was like, whoa, whoa, Anna, whoa. It was along the right lines, yeah. Uh, you know, because the, the gangsters, you the head of the mob. gangsters, or you could hire... I, is it a billboard? Yes. Yeah. I, because I've seen I've seen something of this this case before. Okay. Um, yeah. To complete honesty, I saw the tweet. So like, I saw the tweet where someone said this is a good case, and I had a quick look. Oh, at maybe it. you can. And I thought them with genuinely, I thought this is too dark. So what? We do <laughs> and is I'm really <laughs> glad that I was like, this will be fun. Let's do it. I couldn't help it. Yeah, that's the thing is because I it, there's this temptation to pick like lighter fun cases, no, and then this these. one I was like, oh my it's god, fascinating. It really well, this, is. This is true. So I saw people. a billboard on one of the pictures so that's why i say billboard yes so they funded a billboard that was up for decades wow um saying have you seen these children um but also they hired a private investigator uh because basically the police force weren't doing them any good cc tinsley uh discovered cctv i thought what in 1945 (laughs) (laughs) this was the first case this private investigator discovers that the insurance salesman who had threatened George was actually a member of the coroner's jury that deemed the fire an accident. What? what? That's dodgy. It's well dodgy. Yeah. But very little happens. I mean, this poor family, they write to the FBI. They get a, they get a letter from the director, J. Edgar Hoover. Mm-hmm. Oh, Leonardo um, DiCaprio. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, well, that's nice. <laughs> Everyone wants a letter from him. <laughs> Who basically says, although I would like to be of, ass- of assistance, the matter related appears to be of local character and does not come Whoa. within the investigative jurisdiction of this bureau. Then they hire another private investigator. What do you think happens? Oh, does the second private investigator fall in love with the first and they run away <laughs> together? Oh, my gosh. Story, then they're though. back down to zero. Yeah. Maybe. Say it's true, Taylor. Don't ruin this one. Right? It's true. They run away to Lapland with Santa Claus. And it's a hit series oh, with Tom Selleck. Oh, this is so dark. Is there no lightness at all? Um, you guys have to supply the light. I'm giving the dark. You supply the light. This is good. We'll all have fun. Okay. Um, no, the uh, private investigator disappears and is never heard <gasps> from again. As in, might be killed. Possibly. Oh, wow. Or he took their money and just never. Yeah. Well, for fuck's sake. Yeah. <laughs> they, I feel okay. like they're dodgy characters, private investigators. Yeah. Mm. So what are we thinking? We know the background. We know all of these details. What do you think the Sodder family's conclusion of this is? Who is behind all of this? Wait, what, who is the Sodder family? They're farmers? Have they done anything awful? Does anyone, he works does, in, I think it was transport. Do they have and, any enemies? Who would want to hurt their kids to spite them? Well, is if he works in transport. Steal kids. He works in transport. Someone who's quite famous for being good at transport was Mussolini, made all the trains run on time. Uh, he looked on Sodder Dad as a threat to his transport monopoly. Ooh. Had to bump off his kids. Or I, I think the Italian mafia is somewhere. Hey, in there we go. Oh. <laughs> she just I thought it Italian was accent. I thought. No, well, I thought I was going to have to sing the Sopranos theme song. Oh. If we didn't get there. The Sauter family all believe that the Sicilian mafia yeah. were behind the kidnapping what? as retribution for George speaking against Mussolini. Now, what's confusing about this to me is I went, oh, was Mussolini like pro-mafia? And my brain didn't know the answer to that. But actually, what I found out is that he spoke very publicly against the mafia and took action to take down the mafia. 
Um, but I think it was a bit like give with one hand, take with the other, like mm-hmm. please the people and say, I'm taking oh. care of the mafia. But obviously they, there must have been big links Bad there. Mm-hmm. Two-faced son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> um, so their theory is that maybe they did that to extort money from the Sodders, but the problem with that theory is that n- they've never been asked for money. Nobody ever asked for them. <laughs> they never paid up. for their kids to get back. No. There's a huge hole in the theory, isn't it? If the whole point of kidnapping the kids is to get money and you've forgotten to ask for the money, <laughs> Where you're is a the... terrible gangster. <laughs> yeah. <That's> Joey, <laughs> did you... <laughs> Where's the money? We have the kids. Oh, it's so much work. I mean, we got to read to them at bedtime. <laughs> they need new clothes and we don't have any money because we didn't ask for it. That's a great idea for like a movie though is people that like kidnap these kids and they're like these kids are awful I hate them I mean copyright Hannah George I'm writing that and that's a beauty Nice It's it's come up I mean it's not based on on this story because that would be a terrible Christmas story but Could be if they turn out to be perfect parents and everyone learns something about themselves by the end And they will Okay There you go Interested You've got a plot So this case has been poured over by so many different people and NPR did a whole segment about it and the the person who reported on it had concluded themselves, you know, actually lots of evidence has come out that the children's bodies could have burned in the fire and this is just a family that's sort of grasping at straws trying to find a conspiracy theory that something else had happened. Um, there's only one surviving child from the fire who was the youngest. Oh, wow. Um, but she basically promised to the family that she would keep this story going, that she would keep it active in the press, that she would encourage people to keep looking into it in the hopes that they could somehow crack oh. it. So again, oh. no no pressure, guys. But she's passed the baton on. But uh, to it's down to women. us right now. Wow. To figure out what happened. Here's what kills me is that there's so little stuff about this brother. It's like you went through immigration and then you went right back. What was going yeah. on there? Did, was your brother scared of boats? Did so the brother to... speak against Mussolini as well? Or was it just um, old That's, George? I don't know. We don't know. know about the brother. So, I don't know. So that he might have been a pro-Mussolini or a gangster and he went back and told on his um, yeah. treacherous It could have been that, yeah. It could have been that he sold him out. It could have been that George was in on this all along. I mean, who knows? Mm-hmm. What do we think? Hannah George. Oh, man. I mean... Bring it back to Santa. Yeah, like, whatever I think what you it was, it, it was a Christmas miracle. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't. I mean, part of me kind of thinks that, like... It's probably better, like what sort of Kate says in a way, is it's maybe better if they did die there and then, because that mm. means that nothing more sinister happened to them. So maybe yeah. maybe it's good that that happened. This has got dark, okay. Mm. No, I know what you mean. It's sort of, mm. yeah, it's that thing of... Although, the picture he saw of his daughter, she was a very successful ballerina in New York. So okay. No there's way! A, there's a different movie. Things turned out okay. Right. Yeah. We need to know for definitely. You can't just go like, that could be your daughter. Fucking, is that my daughter or not? Mm. What am I supposed to feel about this fucking I know. picture? I know. And it's hard to tell if, if you're ballerina. And getting the photo in the mail, again, is somebody just mm-hmm. messing with you? And That's they were convinced. Like they said this resembles them so much. Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if this happened now, it would be such a different. It wouldn't. It would just situation. be Twitter, normal Twitter. <laughs> Lots and of this is why Anna famously is not on Twitter. <laughs> I'd keep getting photos of children on Twitter. I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> don't know where to file those. I think for me, it's really the ladder that says yeah. it was not an accident. Right. Sure. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I'm with you. I'm with you. Why someone chucked what that in a fuck? ravine? Why would you do that? Yeah. Yeah. So I think it probably is. Um, and Mussolini was quite a vengeful character. Yes. And <laughs> yes. The mafia loves, you know, kidnapping people. That stands up. There we go. I'm, I can see I've got you on side. I'm but on side. I don't know how good your judgment is right now. Katie called it halfway through. She's like, my, Mussolini took these children. Yeah. My judgment is flawed, but I'm still good at judging. Nice. Well, I think that's proved your point. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I can't imagine uh, the anguish of going through this as a family, but I think if what uh, those kids promised... 
uh, to their parents, to their grandchildren, uh, that they would keep this case alive. That the best we can do is keep talking about it and speculating because it's a question of questioning authority mm, and not yeah. taking necessarily what they give you for the truth. What I'm saying is, fuck the police. Yeah. No. Drunk women solving crime. So this is a this is a very short but chock full little anecdote we got. Um, it says, well. When I was younger, I was a hostage in a bank raid and made a veil. What? Um, yeah, I always start my sentences with a bank raid with like, well. <laughs> <laughs> this was from a live Love show, it. right? Somebody wrote This it on was the show. from a live show, and we've held on to this for so long. I'm like, we haven't done this one yet? Because this is amazing. It says, the gang had machetes and the men hid under the table, leaving my 17-year-old self standing up next to the guy guarding the door as his friends cut a hole in the ceiling. (laughs) And his last line is, all very interesting. (laughs) But he didn't even write very. It's like V, full stop. (laughs) V, interesting. All V, interesting. V, interesting day. I people so many questions mm. and i tried to find this case i was googling like maidaville bank raids and i couldn't i couldn't find it which doesn't mean that there was no press about it but um wow amazing i mean when i was 17 i crossed the state line <laughs> it was pretty exciting it's yeah. a dangerous I, game in itself it well done game. i mean I- First of all, a bank raid in Maida Vale yeah. just automatically sounds pretty pretty exciting. It's pretty cool. It's like kind of Richard Curtis style mm. uh, bank yeah. raid. It's not like <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like, there's a horny yeah. American in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever sort of like sometimes when you're in the queue at like a bank or something, you're like, if someone came in now, I know what I'd do. I'd fucking I'd be so rad. I'd be so yes. mad. If this is a yes. hostage situation, I'd be like... <gasps> And I know that I with wouldn't. With your I'd lack of gun. Yeah. <laughs> you just I make, just make noises. the noises. <laughs> <laughs> they were the noises for my, pew, like, for pew, my fish. Pew. Oh, she's got a laser gun. <laughs> pew, pew. I always do imagine in Zero. any situation. I've never been in one of those really high octane situations. And I yeah. always imagine I'll be a fucking hero. But You would be a fucking thanks, hero, man. Hannah George. Let's hope we never get in a bank raid together. <laughs> I always imagine I'd talk mad of it. Oh, nice. You go for the guns. I go for the um, the tongues. Yeah. But not in that way. The tongue's like a talking tongue. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. Talking tongue. What other kind of tongue is there? I'm married. I don't know. I like it. I like it. Everyone can be brought to reason. How do you think you talk about? Yeah, what would be your strategy? Oh, you just go, maybe you start with a little hug. Although I don't really like hugging. Um, And then you say, are you all right? Uh, Look, we won't tell anyone about this. (laughs) Nice. Do you want to go for a drink? Do you yeah. want to go for a drink? No one says no to that. <gasps> oh, wow. They're a terrorist. Not even terrorists. How awkward drink. is that drink? <laughs> so I'm buying, but yeah. uh, what do you talk about? What are you, uh, what are you into? What, are you, <laughs> what films did you see lately? That kind of thing. You know, I do a podcast. I don't know if you listen <laughs> yeah. to it. No such fists. <laughs> there's a fist in a thing Uh, (laughs) you should listen yeah I mean okay it's made of ale there's machetes like this is a Notting Hill gang wow that's a hell of a thing to go through when you're 17 years old thank you for sharing that but what an anecdote to have such a blase I know like You're the coolest guy among your friends. <laughs> Anna, you have solved that. Yeah. Who am I? Yeah. <laughs> oh, crap. I mean, at least in retrospect. Here's, Great. In here's what you should have said. <laughs> Anna, thank you so much for being with us Thank today. you. So much fun. Anna, is there anything that you would like to tell us about? What are you up to? Is there anything you'd like to plug? Oh, yeah. Good question. Um, we are going on tour in Europe. Ooh. So if you're in Europe, you should go. Yeah. Uh, end of May, we'll be talking about weird, wacky facts and doing a work in progress tomorrow, which will be a couple of weeks ago by the time you hear this. So don't, <laughs> don't try and book tickets for that. Uh, but yeah, full of weird facts and mad, stupid puns and Amazing. jokes. Amazing. Where and should we find that. you? Anna? Go to no such thing as a fish.com. Okay. And book tickets for that or buy our book that we're going to write by the <gasps> end of the year. 
Amazing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for being with us. We've been drunk women solving crime. Yay! Yeah. And I mean, we haven't made it worse. Drunk Women Solving Crime is produced by Amanda Redman with music by The Lion and the Wolf. You can follow us on Twitter at Drunk Women Pod and on Facebook and Instagram at Drunk Women Solving Crime. And please review us on Apple Podcasts. Also, if you've got a petty crime you want us to solve, then please write it in that review and we'll solve it. Thank you so much to ACAST for hosting us and thank you for listening. You've heard the podcast, now buy the merch. There's a full range of certified organic cotton t-shirts, jumpers and hoodies all on the website. Just go to drunkwomensolvingcrime.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.